You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. Welcome to the Moisture Festival Podcast. I am Matt Baker. I perform a comedy and stunt show. And I'm Louie Fox. I do uh, magic tricks, comedy, and hand shadow puppets. <laughs> and we both have performed at the Moisture Festival for a number of years. So welcome to the podcast where we give you a peek behind the curtains of the performers and the people that make the Moisture Festival happen. You get a little, little bit of a look at their journey to getting on stage and a little bit about what they do in their time off stage. So welcome and be sure to check out all the episodes of the Moisture Festival podcast because there's a lot. There is a lot. And if you aren't familiar with the Moisture Festival, it's a four-week festival celebrating variety arts. So that's hula hoopers, magicians, people who bounce on their hands, acrobats, pretty much anything you can think of. It is the largest festival of its kind in the entire world, folks. In the entire world, it's the largest festival, and it features some of the best entertainers and comedians working today. The festival happens in the months of March and April, and not only do they have world-class variety acts, but they have a burlesque venue that runs for one week only, and get your tickets for that early because that always sells out actually 95 percent we've crunched the data louie yes 95 percent of the shows sell out so if you're listening to this in the months of march and april be sure to go to moisturefestival.org and get your tickets today yes especially if your bucket list item is to see the opening show get them now absolutely On this episode of the moisture festival podcast we welcome in virtually just Felice. We have a great time talking about how she developed her act that she presented at the Moisture Festival this year, as well as the differences between performing on stage and on the street. We also learn what an ethnographer is. <laughs> and how to pronounce and, it. <laughs> and we hear about her thesis and all sorts of cool stuff in academia and just how amazing of a person Just Felice is and how she approaches her creative talents. We learn about the origins of the Boston Magic Lab, and we discover what the Earl S. Johnson Award is. Yeah, it was a great conversation that we had to triangulate from two hotels and the East Coast. So we hope everything sounds of quality for your ears. Let's get to the interview, Louie. Let's do it. Today's guest on the Moisture Festival podcast is a magician, writer, social scientist, and award-winning ethnographer. I don't know if I said that right. Is you may right have it? seen her. What's that? Or is it ethnographer? Ethnographer. Ethnographer. Thank you, Louie. Like photographer? <laughs> you may have seen her busking at Faneuil Hall on the Miracle Mile in Chicago or at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. She has been described as occasionally funny, often awkward, and always astonishing. We welcome Just Felice. Woo! Yay. I forget that, that you guys do your research. <laughs> we, ju- we actually were texting back and forth today about uh, we were having trouble finding stuff on you. Yeah, I, I don't put a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> well, one thing that I am nervous about is about interviewing you is that on your resume, you list one of your skills as being an expert interviewer. So I'm interested in getting feedback after all of this. And I have to say I'm a little <laughs> bit nervous, like, of all the interviews we've done, like... Someone does that. That's like your your super skill. Yeah, yeah. My my skill is to get people to talk, not necessarily talking myself. So I feel like we're both in in a position like, or I, I'm I I feel awkward because I'm supposed to be talking. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, uh, how do you describe what you do? Um, I do magic. Uh, I do magic that is funny, uh, that is awkward, and also that is racial. I talk about. Uh, my own experiences, but I kind of reverse it a little bit um, onto uh, a generally white audience. So, 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 so you know, um, the the where are you from question that mm-hmm. um, that that I get as as a person of Asian descent. Um, I'm from New Jersey, by the way, um, but 
I, I also kind of try and flip that around and ask audience members that, or, or I'll flip that around and I'll, I'll compliment an audience member on their English. Yeah, that's a line I love that you do. Yeah. You, you say hi to the person, go, oh, you speak great English. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was like super provocative and, you know, honest about your life. And I was going to ask if that's something you strive to do in your work or if those are just like isolated jokes. Uh, I try I try to do that, um, but I try to do it kind of mixed into my sh my shows. So it's not the first thing and it's not the only thing that people think about. It is meant to be a little surprising um, yeah. and it is meant to get people to look at behaviors that they might not be yeah thinking about very much yeah well it's interesting yeah. I, I was thinking about your show today and i was like because you do a lot of busking but i feel like you do more of a theater show on the street where there's more there's a little bit more of a point of view than a lot of like busking that i've seen yeah yeah i guess so yeah um so all the comedy that you see in in the parlor uh, a lot of it was honed on the street Mm -hmm. um, not, not, not the same tricks. The, the magic that I do in parlor is very, or, or on the stage, I guess, in the case of Moisture Fest. Uh, that, by the way, was the, the largest theater I've ever performed in, or at least like the deepest. Yeah, it's, um, it goes way out. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was a huge learning experience and, and, and also a great time. Uh, but what I do on the stage is the, the magic and the tricks are very different from what I do on the street. Mm -hmm. But the comedy is is all rooted in that and, and how I engage with the audience is all rooted in that. Is that, and that, is that sort of like, uh, why you describe some of it as being awkward because it is sort of like provocative and sort of maybe might throw people off a little bit, a little bit, but also I, I am significantly more awkward on the stage than I am on the street. Uh, part of that is that's the nature of the street, but also I feel like I'm, I can really take my time on the stage yeah. in a way that I can't on the street. Um, and then uh, the way I take my time on the on the stage, it's it's really kind of who I am, very much exaggerated, um, but also very much who I am. I, I think, I, I mean, uh, I, I don't think, uh, well, Louis, like when we were hanging out in person, I'm pretty awkward. You're pretty awkward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty awkward. It's, it's hard, it's hard, yeah. Is yeah, that social but, anxiety or is that? It's it's not it's not anxiety. I, I just I just I mean, I'm just awkward, and sometimes I make it worse, and sometimes it's fun to make it worse. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so uh, we'll go. I have you quite like uh, I, I pronounce it incorrectly. So what is what exactly is a ethno ethnographer? Eth Am I ethnographer? Saying yeah, yeah, ethnographer, ethnography. Um, so I, I have a master's degree in social sciences, specifically in anthropology. Um, and ethnography is the writing of culture. Um, this is where you essentially take uh, what you learn by immersing yourself in a culture or a subculture uh, and writing about it like like a story. Uh, and and uh, sometimes you can really only get at stuff by writing it into inter by turning it into a story form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah so I was uh, reading a blog you'd written about, uh, I think it was on a busking website, about uh, what a hustle is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I never thought of, because you kind of break it down. You're like, your, your day job, you're hustling for someone else. And then what yeah. we commonly call a side hustle now is where you're hustling for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that, that came from uh, me hanging out with the Tin Man, the Chicago Tin Man mm -hmm. um, in Chicago. Uh, his real name is Kenneth, um, and he's a he's a living statue, uh, and he he philosophizes a lot on on things that that I thought was, you know, very very insightful um, for 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 someone who is working in a company, you are working for a company, but when you're hustling, you're working for yourself. So that type of job has a lot more meaning, and every single thing you do goes to you whereas uh, when you're working for a company you get a portion of whatever whatever it is that you actually earn uh, so. and is that the uh what you did your thesis on yeah yeah i did my thesis on uh, street performers in chicago That's um, awesome yeah yeah it was uh so in chicago there aren't any really big circle shows uh ex except for um the kings of michigan have and that's a group of breakdancers um beyond them at least during the time that I was there, uh, there was uh, a magician, Jeremy, the magician from Britain. Um, 
is is what he he, he called himself um and then the also whole title, uh, jeremy the magician from britain yeah yeah he's great <laughs> he's awesome I, I i learned a lot from him yeah he he has a like a it's like a union jack vest um and he used to work right by the uh the entrance into the ferry i think right on michigan ave um and then in in addition to him uh, there was also emmett who traveled up from new orleans uh you know when 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 it was nicer weather up in chicago and then uh a statue uh that i already mentioned mm -hmm. um and, and i watched them a lot um and that was also i'd think not the start of my street performing career because i did start earlier um but it was when i started learning from others around me okay and you had already been doing magic at this point yeah i've done magic most of my life um you know you know this this trick I, I guess this is a podcast so people can see what i'm doing you're pulling um, your, thumb your thumb off yeah right. that's it i'm or pulling de myself detaching your thumb from your hand <laughs> yeah that trick <laughs> my, my my big brother did that to me when i was little um and i was hooked ever since and my brother was not ah. so i i got into magic so i've been in magic for most of my life that's how you got into it was seeing the little Pull, not the pull my finger trick, but the take off your thumb trick. <laughs> yeah, you can you can tell you're a dad, Louie. <laughs> How'd you so, get into magic? Oh, my brother stole my nose. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so you learned that trick. How did you learn to do magic, though? So you saw that trick. How did? What was your next step? Um, magic kits, lots and lots of magic kits. Okay. Um, I I don't think that I, I think that's a pretty standard stereotypical magician story. Um, but lots and lots of magic, uh, sorry, lots and lots of magic kits. And then subsequently, um, I think in high school, uh, in my English class, we did something called vocab visuals. So this is a weekly assignment where we were given a vocabulary word, and then we had to find some way to present that vocabulary word to the class. Okay. So that was when I dug up my magic kits and I was like, okay, how do I present this word. I think the word was like heckler. So I, I, I got a classmate as a stooge to just be really annoying while I tried to do magic. Um, and then everyone like, what, they were wondering why this person was being so annoying. <laughs> and so everyone like felt bad for me and like really didn't like this person. And then at the end I said my, my sentence um, that involved, this person was a heckler. Ah. <laughs> You're the only person to ever welcome a heckler and bring a heckler into the show. <laughs> You're like, you know what I need? More hecklers. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So That's the, amazing. And then that was kind of how you, you went up. Now, how did you get into street performing? Uh, so I was teaching, this was my first job outside of college. I was teaching at a charter school in Memphis, Tennessee. I lost my job about six months in. Um, and at the time, I was watching a Gazo DVD and trying to learn from it. I, I wasn't trying to learn cuffs and balls. I was trying to understand street performing through that DVD. Um, and given that I was no longer working in Memphis, I decided to give it a try. Um, there, there is, I don't know if you guys found this, there is a video of me on YouTube um, titled Straight Jacket Girl at the University of Memphis. When I last looked at it, it had over 30,000 views, but nice. it is awful. It is awful. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, I said it now, so. Why like, is it awful? I don't want people watching it. This is All like right, early days. <laughs> <laughs> it's early days performance. It's like me, like rolling around the ground in a straight yeah, jacket. It's, yeah. it's not. Yeah, I, I don't normally tell people to watch it. I don't it's know part why of our it. journey. It's part of, <laughs> yeah, to keep you humble. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you remember. But then, um, okay, so then you, you started doing that, and you were like, oh, I can do this. What was then? You were living. Yeah. You went back to Chicago. Uh no, so I. I actually took, uh, af after doing that for, for, for a few months, I stopped. Um, I went to China to teach English for two years. Mm -hmm. um, I was still doing magic, but I wasn't doing street for a while. But I was thinking a lot about it. Um, and I got really interested in cities while I was living in China. Um, I was living in Baoding, which is about two hours south of Beijing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a really dense city, but it's um, also kind of rural in how it was feeling in terms of vibe. Um, at the time, at least that was in 2000, I, I was there maybe 2010 to 2012. 
Um, and then at that point, I was thinking a lot about cities, um, uh, specifically Chinese cities, because that was where I was living. Um, and then also I was thinking about street and I decided to study it academically, which is when I moved to Chicago um, and, and studied uh, street performing in the city of Chicago for my master's. That's amazing. Wow. Did you have to run that by a professor to okay that? Or were you just like, this is it? <laughs> run my thesis on this. Um, uh, a little bit of both. I, it, for me, it was, this is it, but I did have to run it by a professor to think about how, how I was going to approach it academically. Um, I approached it uh, kind of from, from a Marxist perspective. Um, so what that means is uh, I was thinking a lot about uh, value and what it means to, uh, so, 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 so when you buy something, um, you, you don't think about the people who make, made it. Someone made it and then you picked it up and you bought it and you gave, paid money for it and you don't know the source of it. You don't understand what went into it. But the different thing with street is that you see all that value being made in front of you. Mm. And there's some discomfort there with, with paying for it because we're not used to seeing the person who made the thing right in front of us. And so it becomes a lot more personal yeah. in, in, in a way that like a, a phone that you might buy doesn't. Um, and so I, I was very much looking into exchange and value and, and, and kind of the meaning that, uh, that, that we put into what we're making into that theater. And then mm. also the participation that is required by the audience members in that uh, kind of co-creation of, of value in, in the city. Mm. Sorry, we, we want kind of academic. Okay, I, just <laughs> I just approved it. Yeah, you now have You're a okay. grant. <laughs> yeah, we just got, we, we'll hook you up. Voice your festival grant. We got like $13. <laughs> but you, have, you did get awarded like the Earl S. and Esther Johnson prize for your thesis. Um, and yeah. that is, that's pretty, Bad, pretty good, right? I was gonna say you, badass, but I was trying to you, think of you, a you word mean, that you mean bad donkey. Yeah, That's oh, there you go. There is. Bad donkey. <laughs> bad donkey. <laughs> yeah. Was that? That's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It is. Um, in the academic setting, it, it doesn't mean anything outside of academia anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, in in Chicago, it was. Uh, it, it's kind of like um, I guess like the the, the best thesis for 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 my year. Nice. That's great. You've sort of, you've continued writing and uh, you, your writing has shown up in all over the place. Vanish Magazine, Meme Visions blog, uh, <laughs> guest blogs. I read your thing, Perfect Strangers, Genie Magazine. So you, you were like putting, putting content out all over the place. Every, every so often. <laughs> Once in a while, yeah. I would advise people to, to uh, you know, go to your website or, you know, find these publications out there because you you're an amazing writer so thank you yeah thank you very much yeah so, award-winning yeah there you go <laughs> it, it it academic writing can be kind of dry um i've tried to like you know let, let, let friends uh read it and and i'm, I'm not sure how far they've gotten because i don't hear back which which is okay <laughs> <laughs> it's fine that's that, that's kind of what all my communications, my friendships are. I try to communicate with people, and at some point, I don't hear back, and I guess they get busy. So, all right, you have a friendship with someone <laughs> we've interviewed before, which is Kate Great. Yeah, yeah. She's my roommate. Yeah. How did you all meet? Uh, at Daniel Hall. Um, so, I had just moved to Boston after coming here from Chicago, and I was checking out Daniel Hall, uh, and I ran into her uh, after a show. Um, and then, and then I actually didn't hang out with her very much until um, I think that was the year that Faneuil Hall decided that street performers had to pay mm. um, to to be at Faneuil. Uh, either that, I, I don't know if that's exactly it, or, or they just had a lot of really, really tough restrictions. Mm -hmm. um, so for a short time, at least, um, all of the Faneuil Hall street performers decided that uh, they weren't going to be there. And at the time, I was working Harvard Square. Uh, I, I didn't have the confidence yet to audition for Faneuil. Um, so I was mostly working at Harvard and uh, at around that same time, um, because of what was happening at Faneuil, um, both uh, I started seeing Snap Boogie at Harvard Square and I started seeing uh, Kate at Harvard Square. Um, and so that, that at least that one season was when we shared, shared the pitch together 
or, or you know, the magic pitch next to the, the big circle pitch um, at Harvard Square. Uh, 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 and, and we became friends. All right. So what's the difference between a magic pitch and a circle pitch? Um, so a magic pitch, I think ma magic pitches are generally smaller than a big circle pitch, but that's not always the case. There are very, very strong magicians who can do circle shows. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not one of them. Um, I, I do I do a very solid. Uh, I don't, it's I can do a sidewalk show and then and I can also do like a semicircle show if the conditions are good. OK. So let, why don't you, because most people may not be familiar with those two terms. So what is a sidewalk show and what's a semicircle show? Hey, hold on. Um, I think I got this one. One is on a sidewalk. And, and one, is one, on, one is on semi half of a roundabout. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what, yeah. What, what is the difference? Uh oh, did we freeze up? No. <laughs> oh, no, I was trying to see a silence. Awkward silence would uh, would communicate well over would, would play over audio. Yeah, I don't very, know if it, it did. did. It did. It did actually. <laughs> well done. Just staring awkwardly. Awkwardness achieved. Yay! Done. <laughs> this episode is over. <laughs> that was great. That was best. And we just got uh, funded by the uh, Earl Johnson Foundation. <laughs> yeah, we just. Okay. Got... There, there, there's no money to that award. It's an academic award. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just something you can put on a piece of paper or on your so, resume. What Can yeah. you explain to the listeners, like, the Faneuil Hall, like, sort of any history that yeah. you might know or sort of like what it is and sort of why it's so prestigious? Yeah. Uh, Faneuil Hall is um, – it's a place that is a closed pitch. Um, it, it is a public space, but it's privately managed. Um, and uh, one really nice thing about it is you can pretty much work there year round um, because there are almost always tourists there. It's, it's not it's not it's not a festival, but it's consistent. Mm -hmm. um, and you do have to audition to get into the pitch. Uh, the judges are a mix of um, of other street performers uh, who are already in the program. Uh, I think when I was there, Al Miller was judging me as well as uh, Jason Escape. Um, and then uh, one other person was um, someone from Vanu Hall Management. Uh, and so they, they watch the shows. And then uh, if you get in, then, then, then you're in. Um, and it's, it's a nice, comfortable place to work. Um, I think so. Uh, if, you, if, you've ever, if you've never been there, uh, they've got two big circle pitches uh, that uh, the big circle shows and, and also musicians will, will work on. Um, and then they've got a magic pitch, uh, and uh, right now that's that's me, that's Darren Young, um, Malik, uh, and Zach Evans. I think are are the only four magicians in the program. Um, and and then I think a music pitch, and yeah, another music pitch. So you mentioned Darren. So I texted him today to try and get some dirt on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Okay. You didn't. Do you know Darren? Yeah, I know Darren. Come on. Yeah. Did he give you anything good? <laughs> no, he said you like video games. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, yes, it's 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 my whole kind of awkward it, persona. But what what mad what magician doesn't? Yeah, there <laughs> okay, is a there video. Yeah, right. I don't do. Video okay, games. so you're you're you're, you're the cool magician. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell me what homeless on is it homeless in Boston or homeless on Boston? Uh, homeless. I, just, Boston, I yeah. like to segue to you know. That that was. That was a big jump. So, um, yeah, I you, am you, a... went, you went from I'm the cool magician. Clearly, he's homeless. <laughs> so, uh, about your interviewing style, Matt, um, you should try to build in some transitions. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of magicians are homeless. Tell us about homeless in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Was that that was not good? I feel like that was either. No, no, no. That oh, was okay. Good. Oh, okay. But. Um, so yes, so I'm a social scientist, and uh, so uh, I try. I was trying to get some work with the city of Boston uh, to learn about a uh, day shelter in in Boston. Um, so uh, Boston has a day shelter called the Engagement Center. Um, it is a place for people who are dealing with homelessness and drug use to spend their time during the day. Um, and so uh, I did a project with the city where. Uh, me and another um, another social science scientist. We spent some time in that space, uh, inter interviewing people, um, learning about 
how they're using that space and um, gave gave a report to the city of Boston on uh, kind of th the fact that that space was really very important um, yeah. and, and that it got people who were trying to get uh, get like away away from environment of drug use into a place where they could spend time during the day away from it um, and, and, and recover. So what went on there to give them a space way like they play air hockey, like <laughs> uh, there, there was a library there. There were um, like like a, a little library in the corner. Um, there were computers. People went there. Uh, there was free coffee and snacks. Would, um, people played cards there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that type of thing. Um, it, it, they, they didn't try to, um, unlike shelters, which have a problem of uh, kind of feeling like prisons, um, this, this day shelter very much felt like a library, mm. um, like, like a place where people could just hang out um, and, and weren't like shunned for being there. Nice. Now, okay, so you that was through the the mayor's office. How does this? How do they reach? Do they reach out to you, or do you pitch them? Um, so I pitched them maybe a year before. Uh, I was just in constant conversation with them, trying trying to get some work there, and also very interested in in uh, things that the city was doing. Um, so uh, for for that particular project, uh, after speaking with them for a long time, um, they they reached out to me to to do that research. Now, so you seem very community oriented with a lot of stuff that you do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do believe I, I, I have, I guess, values. Not that you don't, but I don't know. <laughs> nice. You are well correct. <laughs> hey, tell us about coffee. <laughs> coffee. That, that's another bad transition, Matt. I know. That's I was trying for a bad transition. Oh, that was intentional. I can't tell yeah. between the intentional ones and the. So, uh, your name. We're messing around with your name. I don't know who wrote this, but it says she's not flashy. She's not snazzy. She's just Felice. Yeah. What was the uh, sort of genesis behind uh, the name, Just Felice? I think I was really just thinking about just. <laughs> I was thinking uh, about all the big flashy magician names where it was like, you know, fantastic, whatever, something the amazing. Um, and I wanted to go the opposite route because I'm, I'm pretty understated as a person. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not loud. I'm not like high energy. Um, I'm just, mm. I'm a judge. So then they go like, what's your magic name? You're like, just Felice. And just, just, Felice. just Felice. Just Felice. Literally. <laughs> yeah. So do I call you Felice? No, no, just Felice. <laughs> I feel like there's a who's on first though, like in that. <laughs> just still Felice? Yeah, just Felice. Hello, Felice. No, just Felice. This is kind of awkward. Yeah. I'm learning. I'm learning. You're learning to be awkward. I don't know if that's a lesson you want to learn. <laughs> I'm trying to unlearn it. Are you really? No, no, not really. I, okay, I, okay. I enjoy. I enjoy being awkward. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I have a list of your skills of amongst being awkward is nervous, participant ob observation, user interviews, expert interviews, desk research, prototype testing, design thinking, strategic thinking, and cups and balls. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still learning the cups and balls, I think. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, don't, I don't do traditional cups and balls, but I, I, I've got some moves. Yeah? Who yeah, are like I, some, some magician, like... Some people who you look up to, like some inspirations of yours. Uh, inspirations. Um, so I mentioned the Gazel DVD. That that was the very first time I actually saw um, Billy Kid on 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 a DVD, um, not in person. So seeing her was was very inspiring. Um, and then I think another big moment for me was when I went to the Edinburgh Fringe for the first time. Uh, and there I saw uh, Sam King. I don't know if if you guys know him. Yeah, bubble He's guy. A, no, he's a magician. Okay. Um, he is an Australian magician. Um, he's an inspiration. He is, he is younger than me, but um, he's very good. Um, and he's a very good performer, very strong street performer. Uh, and he's he's very unassuming. Mm. Um, and he does that so well while drawing massive crowds. Uh, that let me know that I didn't have to be high energy to be effective on the streets. And so I could be more of myself. Ah. I, yeah, I, I, 
I like to like say to Kate, so, so, so at that time, um, Kate was really very much suggesting that I go to Edinburgh uh, to kind of see other performers because I think she was worried that my style was getting to be too close to hers in the sense that mm. her pacing is pretty slow. Mm. Um, so, uh, and I, I have a pretty slow pacing as well. Uh, so when I went to Edinburgh, I, I thought it was funny because I was actually mostly inspired by a performer whose pacing was even slower. <laughs> You're just pumping the brakes. It's good though. I mean, it allows people to be pr more present with you as opposed to just like this in your face, like like a puppy I dog. Love me, love me, yeah, love me. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, now, absolutely. We first met through the Boston Magic Lab. Yeah. Which uh, through virtual shows. Now, what is the Boston Magic Lab? Uh, the Boston Magic Lab is a monthly magic show in the Boston area um, that I produce uh, with, with with some other friends here, um, and uh, we take we take a break through the summer, but we'll start off we'll start up again in the fall. And the idea is that it's essentially kind of like an open mic show in the sense that any magician can sign up to be on it. It's not an actual open mic show because I do aim to make each lineup uh, have a mix of experience levels. Uh, I do want the show to be good for people who are coming. So we have uh, both uh, brand new performers who are trying to get flight time all the way to established pros who are encouraged to try out new stuff um, because that, that's what this venue is. It's, it's in a black box uh, theater. Um, uh, when we're in person, we're in a black box theater and then virtually uh, we're, I don't know, in the cloud. I don't, I don't know how, <laughs> how this works. <laughs> At your house. <laughs> At your house, exactly. <laughs> so what what made you want to do this? Were you looking for a place to break and stuff, or were you seeing a need with newer performers to have a place? Uh, it's, that's quite a complex story. Um, there, there's a lot of things that goes that went into it. Um, I think first what I really – like what sparked it was me going to Toronto um, and participating in a show that the – the Magic Lab is very much based off of, which is uh, the Toronto Magic Company's newest trick in the book. Um, and I wanted to purchase to perform there first because I had created uh, my parlor show, my, my stage show that you saw at Moisture Fest, mm -hmm. Fest and I wanted a place to try it out. Um, and I have family in Toronto, so I, I was able, I, I go up there pretty regularly anyway. And so I reached out to Ben Train uh, and uh, he said I was welcome to perform there. Um, so that was about like maybe a year or so before um, the Magic Lab. Uh, after that, uh, I, I was very impressed by the community that was up there. Um, and but you know I didn't know any local magicians in this area who who might be able to help me out with it. So uh, nothing happened for a while, and then um, a friend of mine from Toronto, uh, Jackie Swan, who I think Louis you met in at in Quebec City. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It does the coin matrix right? Yeah, she she yeah. she does like an excellent, like she she she's gonna win FISM one day, one <laughs> day. Right. So without getting too <laughs> super nerdy, a coin matrix is a trick where you have four coins on like corners of a table and they all end up on one corner, and then FISM is like the Magic Olympics. Yes, <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> nerdy happened. at all. It just that just happened. happened. It just happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was coming down to Boston uh, to visit, and she brought with her uh, the Toronto crew. Uh, who uh, they have some they're, they're established in the magic community because uh, in part because of a podcast that um, uh, Jonah Babbins uh, runs hosts hosts that's the right word host right? yes yes uh, currently hosts I believe oh um, discourse in magic um, and then uh, they put out a call for local magicians in the area to hang out um, and that was where I met a lot of my friends today who are in the Boston area, uh, other other magicians, uh, other people were interested in, in helping put this show together. Um, and so uh, we did. Uh, I found a theater um, uh, through, through through someone that I used to work with. And uh, we have a theater. Once we had a theater, everything came together. Um, I, think, I think the main difference, though, between the Magic Lab and um, a lot of other shows that might be similar uh, kind of nationally or internationally is that uh, because of who I am, I, I 
I really very much make an effort uh, to make sure that the lineup is is diverse um, and and has you know pe people of all backgrounds in it. Is this in is this a monthly show or a weekly show? Yeah, it's a monthly show. And how's the how's the turnout for that? Are you getting like normal people or performing community? Normal people performing community. Hey, <laughs> what are you saying, Matt? Um, we we get a majority lay people from from that area, um, and uh, right. because a, a lot of the performers in that show are hobbyists, uh, whenever like they they get the chance to perform locally, they bring lots of people in. That's great. Um, we have, I believe, pretty much sold out every single show that we've produced, um, but also keeping in mind that um, we've, we've had COVID limitations since since yeah. we reopened. Mm. Um, we got to put yeah. you in charge of uh, Moisture Festival East. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's like, what? What is Moisture Festival East? We just made it up. Is that a? Oh, okay. East Coast. Use all that that grant money for my transitions. <laughs> We're going to finance operations. So, how, so did you, uh, how did you get involved in the Moisture Festival? Look at that. I just piggybacked that on was a bad great. transition. Nice. Ten, I, 10 out of 10 on that transition. Good job, Louie. <laughs> Thank you. I hope that sounded sincere. Ouch. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Oh, Moisture Festival. Uh, so I, I, I think it was through Kate. Um, Kate told them about me um, back I, I was planning on originally going to the Moisture Festival in 2020. I think like April 2020, mm -hmm. but that nothing happened in 2020. Uh, you know, so two years later, they reached back out to me, and uh, I said yes. Nice. And then, was it what you expected? Yeah. Was it everything you believed it would be, and more? Yeah. Yeah. Or do we have to delete this podcast because you were uh, disappointed? <laughs> No, um, I don't think I knew exactly what to expect because uh, I, I just heard that it was a really, really fun time. Um, it was a really great hang. And, and that all of that was true. Um, I uh, was very nervous when, when I first got on stage or when, when I first went there because I realized how deep that mm. theater was and I wasn't sure if I could play it. Um, and it took me maybe a show or two to get used to that venue. Um, mm -hmm. And what I, I think what, what switched in my mind was, uh, okay, I'm not doing a sidewalk show. I'm not even doing a semicircle show. I'm doing a circle show here. So the difference even between the sidewalk and the semicircle show is where, where my gaze goes, um, where it's like close off versus way all the way in the back. I'm talking to the back of the audience. And I think realizing that, um, I think between the first and the second show, was what got me to shift and perform differently. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second thing was, uh, I think after the first show or the second show, uh, when I had a day off, I ran and made, I ran out to uh, a Target and made my props bigger. <laughs> okay. now, you do an act with like crayons. Yes. How did you get yes. into crayons? Uh, so, so there is a marketed effect uh, by Paul Richards. Uh, I love Paul Richards' material, and, and I, I also love Paul Richards. He, he's a very, very nice person um, who comes up with really creative magic. Um, but this particular trick uh, is uh, a crayon that changes from blue to yellow. Um, and I took that and made it my own. Um, did uh, Matt, have you seen were, – were, were you there? I don't know uh, if you saw, the Moisture Yeah, did you see my act? I did not know. Okay, did you see any footage of – uh, the crayon color I, I, change? I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I was just going to ask if you had to find large crayons. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a video link, but I don't want to share that publicly because I think it's better experienced live. What, what do you think, Louie? Yeah, I think it's better live. Ooh. Ooh. That particular joke? You got a, you right. got a couple, you got a couple just, great jokes gonna... that I think lose their punch if you've seen, heard it before. I'm going to completely base my um, my impression on you on the straight jacket from Memphis. Oh, so, no. Don't do that. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, okay, I, so, I, keep, so keep going about the crayon. Sorry. Um, yeah, there, there's one line in that. that I, there, there's one joke um, in that trick that I think is the strongest joke in my show. And the whole, the whole, the whole act kind of evolved 
crew around that. Um, yeah, I can't say the joke because it would ruin yeah. the joke. Yeah. No, that's fine. It informed the rest of the show. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. Was it the type of type of uh, sort of was it the laugh that it got that you were like, I want those sorts of laughs more through the show? Or was it like, these are the things that I want to, these are the ideas I want to present and you'll make light of. Um, the laugh is very, it's very much there. Um, mm -hmm. The laugh is very uncomfortable, uh, but it's like very, very loud. It's a very strong reaction, yeah. I think, because it, it is tied to, how, how much can I say without giving it away? It, Louis, I'm, what do you think, Louis? It's <sighs> people. Make... Well, let me run. Let me run the colors and see if uh... <laughs> it's going to be the first color you say. <laughs> Magenta. <laughs> yes. Um. No, it, but people make the assumption, and then you call yeah. them on it. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Yeah. And then my whole show kind of went up around that, yeah. and, and a lot of my jokes are. People make an assumption, and then I make a joke that turns away from that assumption, uh, and then people realize that they had made that assumption. Yeah, and I was explaining a joke to my wife of yours where you have three coins and you have the audience count, and then you do it in different languages. You go, you know, all right, well, I'm going to count. Then you say French or, or Spanish, and then French, and then you say in my native language, and then you and then you do it in English again. And I like that. That was just a nice. I loved that. It was a nice moment. Thank you. Yeah, you found you found one of the few videos that that are up there yeah. uh, on the internet. Um, that one was that that was my first attempt at parlor before I had my parlor act, and that was actually that is actually a trick from the street that I do very regularly. Um, but I think in that video I tried to do something different, given that it was a parlor setting mm -hmm. with like a blindfold or something. Um, yeah, I was exploring you... exploring coins across with a blindfold. From JetBlue. Do they pay you to say that, or is that just a... That was the only blindfold I could find. <laughs> I had to fly from Boston to London just to get this blindfold. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a sweet tax write-off, though. It's so great. <laughs> now, which do you prefer, being on the street or, like, in a more indoor setting? Uh, so, right now, just, just for where I am in, like... In, in my career and in what I'm interested in. Um, I, I have been really enjoying the indoor setting in terms of what it allows me to do creatively. Um, I still maintain my, I, the, my street skills as a craft um, and I still want to maintain it as a craft. I, I'll go back to trying to improve my street show one day, uh, but I've been really enjoying the creativity of like parlor. Um, and I think Maybe one thing that's been newer for me with, um, with, with with my parlor act is that I've applied everything that I learned on the street better in the parlor setting because I had more experience when I created the parlor act. Mm. Um, so if you look at my parlor show, uh, it's designed like a street show. Um, I start off with the final prop um, and it's there the whole time. And then I do little things, um, little tricks but those tricks are really all warm-up tricks that points at the final prop. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's like all the lessons of the street are there in terms of I'm I'm signposting that final prop, that final trick. I do some things, but it's all just it's all just a segue to that final fi final final act. It's yeah. But unlike most street shows that move indoors, you you have more of a street. You have like an opener because that's one of the things that I know whenever I see I'm like oh that's a street sh street act cuz you got a, a big closer but there's no open cuz the open yeah. on a street is a, your crowd build where yeah. you you have it like a defined more more defined theater show or indoor show um do I have an opener I I guess I feel like my opener uh in in on, on my stage set my my parlor set is pretty casual Mm -hmm. um it's it's a lot of talking it's a lot of joking with the audience um i imagine that could be a decent build maybe i don't know i don't i've, ne I've never tried to do that act on the street i don't think um i'm not sure if it would work as well mm -hmm. but uh i don't have like a big flashy opener well yeah. what i like about your you is that you know a lot of street acts that go to, you know 
to like a theater show they 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 work a lot faster they don't understand that you can you get to have to slow you can slow down you don't have to talk as fast like your it seemed the video that i saw it seemed very natural for you to be inside and it seemed like it worked and if you are saying that that the street show is almost the same in the parlor show i mean it works perfect yeah yeah the, my my coins are cross uh is pretty much the same on the street as yeah. as it is in parlor um in that video that you saw except for that blindfold um and uh like the pacing is the same um it is the middle of my street show so that helps mm. it's not it's not the build yeah. um and yeah i i'd say everything that i know from performing on the stage come, came came from performing on on the street yeah now with performing on the street because that's something you mentioned like when we were in canada a few weeks ago you were like here's where the pitch is you like, <laughs> you're still on top of it and you were like i brought a pa so what's the huh. best place you've ever performed indoors or out the the, the best is easy okay um what's your festival <laughs> oh wait i was thinking of the street here you're asking both yeah what, either yeah anywhere i think i really really enjoyed performing at in lawrence kansas um during dur during the the lawrenceville busker the lawrence busker festival mm -hmm. um and that is because uh oh, they 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 start off with an indoor indoor like welcoming event uh, where where I performed my parlor act um, or or a shortened version of it, um, and then uh, followed up with street um, and and the audiences there were wonderful. Um, uh, they have for for the big circle shows that they have stages because it's a busker festival, um, and uh, I, I they they didn't have that for me, um, but I was able to call off one of them one time, and uh, it was way easier. Uh, that 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 then like trying to build on a street that didn't look like a look like an event, ah. um, but even even trying to build there was, was very easy compared to uh, anywhere else. So it, it it was a really nice time. That's right. awesome. We we should probably go there sometime. Yeah, do some podcasting out there. Yeah, Lawrence, Kansas. That's on my top ten <laughs> places to visit. That's a big buskers festival. <laughs> it's pretty big. I, I mean, I, I, is that one of the bigger ones in the United States? Probably is the biggest one in the United States. Is it? Maybe I'm not sure. At least in the top twenty. Yeah, yeah. I I went I went there the year it was um, an all woman cast. That's great. Okay, so um, we, we want to thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast, and we I'm I'm bummed I didn't get to see you at the Moisture Festival. So I hope you come back because so I can see it and yeah. uh, see the crayons and hear the joke and hear the joke, the joke, the, the joke that one joke. <laughs> if you want to yeah. check uh, her out, oh, you, oh, oh okay, one thing. See, I remember things. Sorry, I don't mean I didn't mean to interrupt. That's bad oh. interview uh, methodology. <laughs> Bad Felice. Um, is, I is that your other website? <laughs> Bad Felice. No. <laughs> uh, so I I will be in Chicago in October. Um, okay. So that 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 will be, I think, a good place to catch me, um, doing my full parlor act. All right, yeah. that's October of 2022. In case you're listening to this four years in the future. Yes. Oh yes. I, what when do you, when do you publish this or no, release no it or whatever knows. you call? No, no one else. This could be going in the uh, library, the Library of Congress uh, yeah, they're, archives. They're here. sending this out um, on the ship to, to Venus. It's going to be a gold record okay. with Carl Sagan oh, plugging your gold gig. <laughs> so it's never never published. I well, you, just, you just you just wasted an hour of my time. Ten I days. Been... It's coming out in ten, ten. No, it's coming out in <laughs> three four days. days. Four days. I could have been days. watching another episode of Westworld. Oh man! <laughs> finish the wow. season. Instead of schooling us on transitions. <laughs> Uh, so if you want to check her out in uh, Chicago or any other shows, go to justfelice.com. Instagram is just.felice. And uh, on her website, tons of uh, links to some of the stuff that she's written. Uh, we got some videos and, uh, yeah, just overall cool stuff. Yeah, you're yeah. killing it. I, I should probably plug the next Boston Magic Lab show. <laughs> yes, when are those? Uh, September 22nd, we're returning to first to virtual because we realized we have a virtual audience. So we're going to try to do those once a year. 
Um, that is September 22nd. And then October 13th, we're back in person. I don't know who's on the lineup yet, uh, but that will be happening. And October the website's 13th. bostonmagiclab.com? Yes. Yes. Super easy. Louis, um, we, should have, we should have a viewing party on September 22nd. Yeah, I was invited to be in the show, but I'm in some small Arizona town. Yeah, if you're watching and not performing, then you, you, you would have lied to me, Louis. No, well, I, I said I'm going to probably have shifty internet, <laughs> so I couldn't guarantee. Yeah, I it's Arizona. <laughs> it's like deep Arizona. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> they just got 3G. They have LTE over there still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we got no Gs. Uh, yeah, so we want to thank you so much for uh, taking time out of watching Westworld and uh, to meet with us. It's been a treat to get to know a little bit about you, and uh, we hope to see you at the Moish Festival again. Yes. Yeah, I, I hope to be back. We want to thank you for listening to the Moisture Festival podcast. If you haven't bought tickets yet for the festival, you can do that at moisturefestival.org. You can also find out information about volunteering or supporting it financially as well. Just click on the contribute button. You can also find Moisture Festival. They are on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube if you want to check out more details on any of those social network sites. If you want to find out more information on Louie and I, we do a podcast together that is completely different than this podcast and it is called the odd and off beat podcast and you can find that on any platform that you get your podcasts at if you would like to find out information on louis and i's shows you can do so by visiting louis site which is louis fox with two x's Dot com. And Matt Baker's site, ComedyStuntShow.com, spelt the way you would expect it to be spelled. Yes. And we want to thank all the volunteers, performers, sponsors, donors, board members, producers of the Moisture Festival for helping make this thing happen. Absolutely. A lot of moving parts, and they do a wonderful job at creating a very unique experience that you cannot get anywhere else. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. And stay moist.